Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? New International Version. Jesus, in His teaching ministry on earth, often used the lesser to greater argument in getting His point across. And that is precisely what He was doing with His disciples in today's Gospel lesson, instructing them about the nature and motivation of prayer. The lesser to greater argument implies a comparison of values. It's grounded on a common sense and logical convention that if this lesser thing is true, then, of course, how much more is this greater thing? If something less likely to happen is true, then something more likely to happen will probably be true as well. The technical phrase for this is the a fortiori argument. It is a Latin term meaning, for a still stronger reason. So, then, Jesus wanted his followers to understand that prayer has value because God is a loving father, not a begrudging friend. Whereas the friend in the story was badgered just so the person could get some real necessities, God needs no badgering to generously give good gifts that may or may not be considered as necessities by us. Jesus desired to highlight that prayer has veracity because of whom those prayers are directed. Greater than our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Greater than. Greater than Max Lucado. In the ancient world, it was common understanding you needed to get the local god's attention if you wanted something. Which is why, for example, in the prophet Elijah's showdown with the prophets of Baal, that Baal's worshippers were yelling, gesticulating, and even cutting themselves for hours. They fully expected to put a lot of work into getting Baal's attention, maybe even needing to convince him of intervening in their ancient version of a Wild West shootout. In contrast to 400 prophets of Baal, a single prophet of the Lord utters one simple prayer, then fire comes rushing down from heaven. Much like the person who badgered the friend for bread, the prophets pestered Baal for hours. It all comes down to who really cares. The friend? Not enough to jump out of bed right away and meet a need. Baal? Not so much. God? Now we're talking. We typically don't ask, seek, or knock, if we believe we will not get a response, or if it will take a lot of energy, time, and effort we don't have. Yet, if we are confident of being heard and our requests taken seriously with care, then we are likely to have a habit of asking, seeking, and knocking. If a friend begrudgingly gives to you because of persistent knocking, how much more will God graciously, generously, and with gaiety give you goodness when you ask? Because God is good, God gives. The largesse of the Lord is willing and ready to dispense grace from an infinite storehouse of mercy. This is why Jesus encouraged people to not pray like those who don't know God babbling on because they think they'll be heard because of the sheer volume of words. Matthew 6 7-8. Two misconceptions of prayer which existed in Christ's day, and even today, come from non-Christian sources. 1. There must be a lot of prayer before prayer works. Although I believe repetition is important for forming good habits, praying the same prayers over and over again so as to be heard betrays an ignorance of God, 
not to mention an actual lack of faith. Many ancient religions were based in learning how to manipulate the spiritual forces out there to get what we need. It's kind of like a divine version of hustling for love in all the wrong places. Christians need to know they don't need to have thousands of people praying in order to get God's attention to answer prayer. 2. I must convince God of the need to answer my prayer. God is not a reluctant listener. The reason the Lord already knows what we need before we ask is because God has been paying close attention to us well before we got around to asking, seeking, and knocking on the divine door. God's ear is already inclined to hear us, expectantly and anxiously awaiting our petitions. This is a tremendously freeing idea, that I can come to God openly and honestly, without drudgery, and without wondering if I am heard, or not. May we be encouraged to pray, to truly connect with God, because the Lord is available without appointment, and is waiting for us to ask with bended ear. Eternal God, by whose power we are created and by whose love we are redeemed, guide and strengthen us by your Spirit so that we may give ourselves to your service and live today and every day in love to one another and to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Amen.